0: Welcome to the Best Ever You Show with Elizabeth Hamilton-Garino and Chris Fuller, helping you and people across the globe live life to the fullest. Our focus is on you, so you can be your best and create the life you deserve. Visit us at besteveryou.com. Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. I have with me Brittany Wagner. She's the author of Next Chance You... And uh, Brittany, it's so glad to. I'm so glad that you're here with me. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, what a great book. Now, for those for those of you who I'm sure everybody knows Brittany, but for those of you who might not know Brittany, <laughs> Brittany's uh, the breakout star of the Netflix docu series Last Chance You um and and Brittany, i you know i've watched that you know it's like oh i know her i'm gonna watch that
1: you know kind of thing
0: i might not have watched it otherwise i gotta admit but i'm like oh that's cool i get to see i get to see you in in action before i interview you and get to know all the things that you're doing and what a, an amazing impact you've had on so many lives T- tell us more about that experience
1: yeah um thank you for that i I kind of fell into that career. I was a a college student who had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. And I wanted to get my master's degree, probably just because I couldn't get a job
0: after graduating
1: (laughs) with my undergrad and went to get my master's and asked for a graduate assistantship in the athletic department. And they said, well, we have one left and it's in the athletic academic office. And I I really had no idea what, what that meant or what that was. And I found myself in, in this office with counselors and advisors and people that were managing basically the lives of these college athletes off of the playing surface. And they were helping them navigate academics, helping them navigate just life struggles. And, um, and I, within a couple of weeks, I, I mean, I was in love with the, the job. I was completely passionate about the athletes that I was meeting. And so I had been doing that job for a while, for 15 years. and, it's a thankless thing. I mean, nobody knows you exist, really. And, and then all of a sudden, Netflix comes in and does a, a documentary series. Um, we were the second original series documentary that Netflix put together, the first sports documentary. Um, and all of a sudden, you know, you're, no one knows who you are, and it's a thankless position, and then everyone knows who you are, and everyone is inspired and motivated by you. So it's been quite a turn of events.
0: <laughs> oh I, I i yeah it's it's amazing i i um you know it you know it might not be a thankless job in a way though I get your point, but you've got a lot of people who actually i'm gotta bet have thanked you so much along the way, i mean the lives you've impacted um Tell, tell us yeah. about that, because there's got to be, yeah, I mean, like, it, like you know, not a public, like, oh, God, thank you, Brittany, so much, blah, blah, blah. But now it's like, oh, <laughs> yeah, without her, I wouldn't be here. There's got to be so many stories like that.
1: Yeah, there are. And, and that's, you know, really the reason why you keep doing it, or the reason why I kept doing it, was yeah. realizing the impact that I was having on people's lives before they realized it. <laughs> Um, And, but, you know, when you're in it, 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 you're, you're dealing with 18, 19, 20 year old kids whose focus is on their sport and, and they're, it's hard for us when we're in the fire to realize, you know, the people that are helping us get through it. And so a lot of times you don't get the thank yous or, or really people realizing the impact you had on them until much later, until years later. So sometimes when you're sitting in it, it feels like you're not really making a difference at all, and that you know no one is appreciative of your efforts. And um and that and that's when you really have to draw from within and know that you yeah. you know what you're doing matters and you are making a difference in people's lives and and that those same people are making a difference in your own life. I think that was mm. something that I wasn't expecting. I thought you know I'm going to go into this career and really change the outcome, change some of these people's paths and what ended up happening was they changed mine. Um, And that's kind of the beauty. Yeah. Yeah. It's the beauty of what happens when you're open and you, and you're really open to service and then seeing people for who they are.
0: What's so special about East Mississippi Community College?
1: (laughs) I think the draw was (laughs) that it is, it is this, super rural area in Mississippi. It's actually located in Kemper County, which Kemper County is the second poorest county in the United States. So you're talking about an extremely rural area, but also a poverty stricken area. And here was this school that was a, a small junior college in the middle of nowhere, population 400. And we were really getting athletes to the next level, so we were we were kind of drawing the athletes that no one else wanted, the troublemakers kind of or the people that couldn't make it academically and then we were flipping the switch, so we were we 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 kind of called it rehabilitation, but we were helping them to get it together in those two years that they were with us, and then we were producing more Division one and NFL players than any other school in the country. And so that's really where Netflix came in and said, wait, who, who are these people? You know, where is this place? Um, and then when they saw Scuba, Mississippi and where it was located, I think it was yeah. just, you know, the draw of, oh, my gosh, these people have nothing and look what they're doing. Yeah.
0: Why, um, why, don't, why don't you wish, okay, here's a, why don't you wish <laughs> they, in quotes, <laughs> would just let athletes be athletes? And not do all that schoolwork. Just let football players be football players in college, and I don't have to do all this schoolwork, Brittany. Oh, <laughs> that's <laughs> I'm yeah. making you on a little bit.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I think you know, and that's a lot of a lot of the attitudes of um, a lot of athletes is just let me play ball. I just want to play ball, and I and I respect that and appreciate that. I also think that you don't know what you don't know, and. <laughs> And I think the value of education is more than the diploma. You know, I think the lessons that they learn mirror lessons of adulthood. You know, I think that you learn in college, you learn social skills, you learn how to handle discipline, how to, how to discipline yourself, um, time management, how to get along with people that didn't come from the same place, don't look like you, don't act like you. I think you, there's, a, there's a lot of life lessons packaged up in that piece of paper that you get at the end of the journey. And I think that that's why you do it is to gather gather all of those life lessons. I also think that it's important for athletes to do it, to prove to themselves that they're more than an athlete. I think so many times in the athlete's lives, especially kids that come from rough areas, they're told over and over and over again, well, you better be good at football because you can't be good at anything else. And I think it's, that's a lie, you know, that, that people are telling them, but when you hear that over and over and over again, you start to believe it about yourself yeah. that you're not good enough and you're not worthy and you can't really do anything else, but throw a ball or catch a ball. And I think it's important to show these kids that yes, you absolutely can and you are smart enough and you can do this and you can be more than an athlete. And so for me, a lot of, a lot of my attention went to, Hey, I, I know this may not be what you want to do and this may not be what your goal is, but let's, let's do it. And let's prove, let me prove to you that you can do it and that you are smart enough to be here. And I think Mm -hmm. when the light coming on in that process, you've changed a person, Um, you know, you've shown them something in themselves that they didn't even believe was there. Yeah. Now,
0: The odds of – now, they might have better odds because there might be better players and so forth, but the odds of becoming a professional athlete or, for that matter, a D1, D2, or D3 athlete are slim when you're in high school. There's only a small percentage of people that even move on to play in college or become that professional athlete, right?
1: Right, yeah. The actual percentage of college athletes that go pro is 1%. Um, which is a very small number but so small. one it, and one percent of college football players will play in the nfl um so yeah you know you need to have a backup plan now i had an athlete once tell me i was trying to make my point of you know look you need to go to class Class is important you need to put put forth effort here on the academic side and i had this chart in my office that would show every sport and it showed the percentage that went pro and So I looked at him, and I said, hey, Quentin, look at that chart, and I need, like, how many, how many, what's the number? And he said, 1%. I said, okay, so that means one person. You know, if we have a team of 100, you know, one person on our team is going to go pro. What does that tell you? And he said that I have to be the 1%. (laughs) <laughs> and, yeah. and I, think, I think that's the attitude of athletes you know that's what yep. makes them great is that they think they're they think they're the one and so you've kind of got to figure out a different strategy to get them be- to believe that you know they're, they can School's be good important. at everything. yeah
0: <laughs> yeah yeah it's a it's a sidetrack for sure what do you uh what do you do if you've got someone who just no matter what isn't going to pass chemistry do we go to a different class <laughs> You know what I mean? There's really just somebody who's just not going to pass that class, and that's okay. A lot of people can't do chemistry. I'm just throwing chemistry. I'm picking on chemistry. Um, yeah. What yeah. What do you do? Do you just do something else, different major, different class, something else?
1: You know, I mean, sometimes you do that. Sometimes it's a class that you have to have, and you can't yeah. you can't just throw it away. It's something that's required. And I think you know the key there is. I used to say all the time, we have strengths and we have weaknesses. And that's okay. That That's what makes us human. Because I think, yeah. too, for a top athlete, they, they're they so good on the field that they w- when they find themselves not being good at something, there's this whole negative self-talk and, you know, I'm a failure, I'm a failure, I'll never be good enough. And so I think you have to, you know, you really have to coach through strengths and weaknesses. And if English is your strength, most people are either English-minded or math-minded. So if English is your strength, then maybe math is your weakness. So we, we have to put forth more effort in things that we're not as good at in order to, to, get, to get through it. And yeah. if you put forth more effort and you do the absolute best that you can and the absolute best that you could do right now with a D, then that's okay. You know, we, we're not going to beat you, beat you up for having a weakness because that, that is a, something that makes us all human. So I think you have to get real honest about, you know, what are my strengths and what are my weaknesses and what's the level of effort that I'm going to have to put forth to actually get through this class. And for some classes, that's all you're trying to do, honestly, If you're just trying to get through it. I mean, chemistry yeah. was mine, like the class that I was just trying to get through it. Um, and, and, but I think there's an, there's a level of effort uh, tied to that. And you can't put forth the same amount of effort in a class that you're really is your strength that you put forth in a class that's your weakness and get, you know, and get a different result. You've got to put forth more effort.
0: Yeah. Yeah. As you're talking, I'm thinking of our son, Cam, who is now, he plays college baseball uh, and he's a lefty pitcher. And in high school, um, his, you know, what the hardest class was that he uh, had to get through? It was art.
1: Oh wow, The art, yeah. cred, the art credit. <laughs> he took a yeah.
0: he took a ceramic something, something, and he was just like, Mom, throw me chemistry anytime. Anything other than this. I'm having to stay after school. I'm having to miss this, this, this and this to pull an A in this class. And he's like, I just I just need a B even but I'm not gonna do it unless I do that. it was the hardest. he's like, That's the hardest class he's ever taken <laughs> was oh, that's great. I, I'll have to take a picture of this bowl. Or his um, ceramics that he brought home because they're, wow, one of them's really cool, actually. Yeah. And he's like, oh, throw that away, Mom, don't. And I'm like, no, I have to remind you of this class because of perseverance. That's <laughs> but, right. Um, That's right. Yeah. But it's all different for all people, isn't it? It might be chemistry for some it people is. or it might be, you know, English or, or art or I know I can't draw to save my life. So that would be a tough class. And I'm sorry, right. Cam, and that he inherited that, that gene.
1: Exactly, exactly, and it's you know it's things that you're interested in and and I think yeah. a lot of times these college students they don't know what they're interested in really because they've had to take you know what we've dictated to them up until that point, and so they get to college and and they don't they don't know that art is not interesting to them, and so they get in there and they think, oh my gosh, like I don't care, you know, I don't yeah. care who drew this picture, and and so I I think part of it is figuring out you know what interests you too, and and playing to the strengths. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, Um, Brittany, do you? <laughs> I know it's the funniest thing to me. I'm like, that's absolutely hysterical. So you're not going to complain about organic chemistry, but you're going to complain about art. All right. Um, absolutely, yeah. absolutely, whatever. <laughs> um Brittany, do you have a pencil?
1: <laughs> I have, I have four thousand pencils in my closet right now. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Four thousand pencils that have been sent that's for awesome. me from to me from all over the world. Um, by fans of the show from all over the world, I have received over 4,000 pencils. And um, everywhere awesome. I go, I take a, about three or four because I get asked constantly.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> is, it, is it annoying yet or is it always a blessing?
1: No, it's always a blessing because you realize, A, they've taken time to watch and to support, but B, they actually paid attention and they got the message, you know, and I think the overlying message, with the whole pencil was really not about the, the actual pencil. You know, it's about that here I was in a place where, you know, students were showing up to get an education without the basic resource necessary to make it successful because they didn't have it. And it, you know, it wasn't because they didn't want to be successful. It wasn't because they were trying to skirt the system. They simply came to college with, you know, two pairs of clothes and a toothbrush and, toothbrush and and they didn't have it, and so I could either beat them up for that, or I could just hand them a pencil and I think you know I, I, that's what I was doing, and I had no idea that fans would take it and run with it, but you know I think the 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 point is that we sweat the small stuff in life a lot of times and we look at people and we judge and we beat them up and when we don't even know the experience of the circumstance behind it, and it would be a whole lot easier on all of us if we would just hand the pencil to everybody (laughs) every time let people yeah yeah yeah. it would make life a whole lot easier so
0: yeah yeah Yeah, i I, I am
1: forever tied to the pencil
0: yeah and and um yeah I, i that means a lot to me actually what you just said there because um i i just really believe we never ever know what's going on in somebody else's life unless we just stop and 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 even asking might not get to it either. People have so many things running around and playing in the background and at first glance or smile or standing next to each other in line or whatever it is, you don't really know. And, um, when my dad died in, uh, October, 2018, I was up at the, uh, I had come back from Minnesota and I was up at the grocery store here and I was was crying over pears, Brittany. Um, and not that the pears weren't beautiful or anything like that, but I literally just had tears falling and didn't know it. And, um, a lady came up to me and she's like, sweetheart, are you all right? And I'm like, oh, you know, kind of just like I didn't even realize I wow, was doing yeah. that. And she said, "Said which one of your parents just passed away? And I'm like, how do you know that? I don't know you. I've never oh, wow. seen you or anything. She said, I'm like, how do you know that? And she goes, the look on your face is unmistakable. Can I give you a mm-hmm. hug? And this is not in a time of COVID or anything like that. This was before in 2018. And out the stranger just completely give me a hug. And um that's an example of somebody just really taking the time much like you, to just care.
1: Yeah, yeah. Having awareness and understanding, you know, that we didn't all start from the same spot. We didn't all come from the same place. And even, you know, it's interesting, even children raised in the same house, they leave with different experiences. And so Mm -hmm. we are all coming from a different spot. And if we would take time to just open our eyes and open our hearts and have awareness see each other and not beat us up for circumstances which you know may have been beyond our control um just have some compassion and kindness for each other I think I think we would be a lot less stressed and
0: uh, a lot more blessed
1: in our lives yeah 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 um do you uh, now I'm this is memory
0: so correct my memory here do you have one daughter is that correct
1: I do I have a 13 year old I, I always want to say little girl, and I'm realizing she's I'm not, not anymore. A 13-year-old tween, I guess. Huh. Now, how
0: cool does she think mom is now? Do you get the cool awards, or do you get the, oh, mom, still? I get the, <laughs> oh, you mom. Ready? I know. I do, too. I'm, <laughs> I'm a mom of four boys. They're 20, 22, 24, and 26, and they're like, oh, we're so used to you. <laughs> yeah, that's- She's yeah.
1: over it. She's complete. She she likes it when she gets to go to cool places or meet cool people, <laughs> you know. And by yeah, cool people, I mean like Courtney Cox, you know, not me. Yeah. But she is not uh, – I am not cool to her. Um, I was, you know, when I was on Good Morning America, I – recorded it and was like did you you know did you watch <laughs> so it she's cool. like yeah I watched it And she's just like eh, whatever I'm yeah, like whatever. okay <laughs> yeah
0: okay. but okay okay so now let me let me take her to age you know 35 what lessons is she going to have learned from you just give me a few of oh, them wow. because you set such hope, a great example you know? yeah you know well, you I will.
1: hope yep it's always a scary thing parenting because you wonder you know am I am I doing it right like there's no manual for this am I doing it right um, I hope that at 35, I hope that she, I hope that she realizes that by that age that that life doesn't go as planned.
0: <laughs> you oh, that's know, and that's okay. Say. I so agree. Yeah.
1: And that you that you have to pivot. You know, and and when things don't go as planned, it doesn't mean that you quit, give up, beat yourself up. You you know, you you pick up and you pivot and you go. Um, I hope she's learned that lesson. I hope that she has learned that mistakes are okay and therapy is okay. You know, <laughs> I hope that she, she understands <laughs> <okay>. that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that therapy yeah, is okay. That it's, it's okay to not be okay, you know, and that yeah. you don't have to always be on and happy and, and that you can feel things and, and, and be upset, and it's okay. Um, yeah. I hope she's learned that. I hope she had. I think she's already on her path to this one. Thank goodness. But I, I hope that she is kind and compassionate. Um, um, she, she is. I mean, having been raised in my house, I, she that's been beaten into her brain. I think. But she this year <laughs> she got chosen to be the uh, a special needs assistant in the, one of the special needs mm. classrooms at her middle school and. And I was curious, you know, what she would take away from that or what she would think about it. And I was trying not to really push, but it's interesting to me that every day she gets in the car from school and I say, how was your day? And she says, good. And I say, what made it good? And she always leads with a story about one of her special needs kids. Mm, and yes. I I just I think, that. okay, she gets it, you know, like she she has the awareness of other people and that other people you know, um, have, again, have different experiences and, and that everyone isn't like her. And I think that she's, she's on her way to being a very compassionate and kind person.
0: Oh, I love that. I, as a sister of a special needs brother, that really warms my heart. Mm. So, um, I love, I love hearing younger people, especially age 13. That's pretty young to be that aware of others. Like, you know, yeah, I, mean? I, was, to, I wasn't
1: sure. To, I wasn't yeah. sure if she would be, or if she. But um, you know she's she's heard the stories and met the, the players that I've worked with, mm-hmm. and she's kind of been been in that space a lot in her life. And so I think that it's um, it's really helped her to to have awareness and see other people and see what they're going through and have have that empathy for them. And so it's good to Love see it. it play out yeah. without. Without mom dictating it, I guess.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Nothing, nothing quite works out when, when our, uh, we moms dictate everything. Although my That's children right. have been That's raised right. with the um, sign hashtag gratitude on the refrigerator. So I get eye rolls and hashtag gratitude, mom. <laughs> <laughs> All the time <laughs> and stuff. That's they've right. been, Yeah, they've been raised with another, another sign on the fridge that says, be careful when you follow the masses for sometimes the M is silent. That's the other one. Ooh yeah, Ooh, yeah. right yeah that's good yeah. that's good yeah. i like it yeah I like those it. two things left <laughs> side of the fridge they're there all right everybody hang okay. on just a minute here we're going to take a little break we're talking to Brittany wagner um she's the author of next chance you and we when we come back from our break we are going to speak with Brittany about this amazing book with her um it's just a it's a great book tools tips and tough love for bringing your a game to life so we'll be right back
1: Today, Best Ever You is a leading multimedia provider of professional and personal
0: self-development. Our network is a community of world-class people making a difference. We're sharing tips to be your best. And now, back to the show. And that clicks off pretty quick. Sorry about that. We've got to work on that.
1: (laughs) But Brittany, what
0: what are some of your tips to help people be their best? Like, what's one or two of them?
1: You know, I think the first one, I start the whole book with Chapter 1 talking about showing up. And I use an example of my athletes, our first academic team meeting of the year, where I would say to them, you're going to go to class. (laughs) You're going to go um, because you won't make the best grade possible in a class that you don't attend. And I feel the same way about life. You know, I think that we we are in the in the mindset these days, we, we're checking the boxes. You know, we're going through the motions, we're checking the boxes of life, we're documenting and posting and liking and commenting, but we're not actually living. And I think that we have to start with being intentional about showing up for our own life and, and making intentional decisions figuring out the areas of, I call them wicker baskets in the book, but the wicker baskets of our life, you know, what are the areas that make up your whole existence? And then which ones are you actively giving to and which ones are you skipping? Um, You know, and I say in the book that you can't show up for PE and then skip chemistry. You know, you can't show up for the things in life that you like or that come easy, but then skip the things the hard conversations or the things that don't come quite as easy to you. And that we, we need to look at our wicker baskets and figure out where is the tank empty? And then how can we balance that out? Um, how can we give as much to our relationships at home that we're giving to our careers? You know, how can we give as much to ourselves in the self care category that we're giving to others? And so really balancing out those areas of our life and showing up for ourselves, in our lives in an intentional way. Um, I I call college students out in the book by saying you can't do that until you put your phone down, (laughs) that, you know, you can't, you got to look up to show up. And when we're always looking down and documenting on our phones, we're not actively living in the present moment. Um, So I think that that is, that's step one is showing up. I think too, you know, we, we, we all make mistakes. Um, I think that's chapter five in the book is about just letting the mistakes go. And, you know, you, you make a mistake, you recognize it, you acknowledge it, you correct it, and you move on. And um, I talk about some of my own mistakes in that chapter, some of the athletes that I've worked with and mistakes that they have made. And then how do, we, how do we let mistakes go? How do we not let them define us and define our path? Um, how do we not beat ourselves up? How do we not beat other people up for the mistakes that have been made maybe to us? Um, and, and how do we move on from those things? And I think lastly, you know, it's I talk in the book about myself a lot. And I talk about releasing the labels that society has placed on you in order to be your best self. And, I, you know, I look at myself and I think about growing up in Mississippi and the labels that society placed on Mississippi that I, that I knew, I mean, I, you know, I knew what people said about the state that I was raised in. I knew that, you know, we were the least educated and that we were the poorest state in the country. And, and I think I I had this mentality, at least subconsciously, that I was good enough for Mississippi, but if I ever dared get out of that state, you know, I would get eaten alive, that I would never be able to be a success. Outside of the the worst state in our country, and as as it was labeled, and right. and I think that that limit limited me in in my dreams and in my goals and in and aspirations that I put on myself, thinking, well, there's no way, you know. I tell I tell about trying to decide where I wanted to go to college, and and kind of wimping out on where I wanted to go to college because I I thought, well, I'll never make it there. I'll never pass that Florida State, you know, um, because I'm from Mississippi. And so, really, and we all have those labels, you know, whether it's I'm a female, whether it's you know I'm I'm African American, I'm rich, I'm poor, I'm I'm whatever. I came from this neighborhood or that neighborhood, whatever the labels are that we've that we've attached to because somebody else tagged us with that label. Nine times out of ten, they're holding us down, and we're living down to the label that somebody else has put on us. And so, how do we? Mm-hmm. You know, how do we release the labels and quit checking the boxes that have become kind of who we think we can be and really believe in ourselves, you know, really believe in ourselves and our own dreams and our own aspirations and then go for it despite, despite what society may say, you know, we can or cannot do.
0: Mm, I love that. That makes me think a lot. I'm writing as you're talking, so that's my pause there. Yeah, Um,
1: yeah.
0: Yeah, and so – in the, so that my next question will be, well, how, how do I do that? And I, and I would love for you to talk about sharpen up because in your book, you've got yeah, the how. So
1: yeah, each section of each chapter, I end each chapter <laughs> with what we call the sharpen up section. So in the sharpen up section, I'm giving you really practical tools to, to implement in your life, you know, starting today in order to make these things happen because i think i think you know we we read or we listen or we we watch something and we get all inspired and then the next day comes and it's like well but how do i do that you know i don't know how to do that and so i i I didn't want to i didn't want to leave people hanging you know i wanted to give practical steps to how you can actually accomplish these things and so each chapter has a sharpen up section and it's challenging you to kind of put Put that chapter into place in your own life with with practical practical tools, practical tips to how can you start? You know this this next phase, this next chance of your life. Did you think I have two more questions for you? I know we got to go here, but um, did you
0: think you were going to write a book? Like, have you always wanted no. to write a book? <laughs> I thought you did. I thought you'd be like, no. I thought you'd say no. that. Um, no, I, I, it's hard to write a book, I
1: isn't it? It is. Super hard to write a book, and I yeah. honestly never thought anyone would want to know what I had to say and Then you know the show came out, and people were asking for for more and asking for tools and tips and tough love and so um yeah, here it is, and i i I mean so many days when I was writing it, I would just sit and stare at the blank word document, you know <laughs> and saying questions yeah.
0: like, what even am going do I don't know
1: what, I don't even yeah. know where to start um it is super hard. But at the end, it is—it's so rewarding, and it's—I'm so proud of it. Um, I want people to read it, and I want people to love it and be inspired by it. But I'm—I'm I'm proud of it regardless because it's—I mm-hmm. did it, and I, you know, and it's—it's it's me, and I did it my way. I did it. Um, I wrote the book that I wanted to write, and um, so there's 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 a massive amount of pride and reward in that.
0: Yeah, it's a great team at HCI. I love working with them,
1: uh, and yeah. it's
0: a it's a beautiful Fantastic. book. Yeah, they're they're outstanding. Um, and then I I'd love to one of the well I want to share a story about you because you know I I joined HCI after you to to write my book, and um, I didn't know you from hill of beans and approached you on Instagram and you're so real deal kind and i want everybody to know that i i find i was like oh i'm kind of scared to ask her if she wants to be on the show or even even if your author's in the same publishing house it doesn't necessarily mean you'll be friends or buddies or anything. that you know totally totally different with every person you encounter and um H I seems a little different um seems like we're all yeah. pals and buddies and support each other in each other's books so i love that but even that you know you didn't have to respond and you did and i think through i think I think that's one of the things that I think is really special about you because through all this growth and through all the things that you've done and everything, you're, you seem to me like you're Brittany Wagner. How important is that? Yeah.
1: Thank you. It's, it's all I've got. So it's, it's super important. Um, You know, my, my, I talk a lot in the book about my family and, and my last name and that and what that represents and what that means is super important to me. And um, you know, I kind of made a pact with myself when the show came out and it was a success that I would not allow that success to change me um, in, a, in a negative way. I wouldn't get wrapped up in the fame and in, and in that hype. And so I, I literally on a plane with a sheet of paper and a pencil wrote down exactly what I was going to stand for um, and said, you know, by the time this plane lands, if you don't have it figured out, they're going to eat you alive. And so I, you know, I just declared that I was going to stay true to who I was and stay true to my roots and, and not get swept away by, you know, Hollywood or, or any of that. And so it means a lot for you to hear you say that. And, um, you know, I'm not perfect for sure, but I I hope that I'm still the same girl from Mississippi and, and have stayed true to that.
0: And I have to tell yeah. you that
1: I... Yeah, I have to tell you that you sent me your books and the gratitude. I have the gratitude journal um, beside my bed, and that is my, like, new nighttime ritual is I actually (laughs) am reading, I'm reading, (laughs) um, I'm reading, yeah, I'm reading What What Happened to You, which is a book by Oprah Winfrey and Dr. Perry Mm. right Mm. now, but I... I read a little bit of that and then I have my gratitude journal and every night before I go to bed, I I get that journal out and I write, I fill in the blanks and I write (laughs) and I, you know, think about it. And so I thank you because um, that's been a good addition to my nighttime routine and it definitely has made a difference for me um, in my own life. So I appreciate it a whole lot. Yeah. yeah,
0: I love gratitude. I'm grounded in it. Um, that's, That's my thing. I think that's, that's what I love people to, to do. So I'm on oh, that. That makes me so happy. <laughs>
1: thank you. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you for sending it.
0: Yeah. Um, okay. So the other thing I want to know before we go is what were you like in kindergarten or pre? You can go to preschool oh even. Were you like, um, pre-school. yeah, just, yeah, go there. Just think about it for a little I bit. Was we can have some quiet.
1: Preschool. Yeah, I was, um, loud probably (laughs) I mean I think I was I was boisterous and and kind of loud um friends with everybody though I mean I can remember preschool I went to a place called lab school it was a lab school at a college where I in Mississippi where I lived and I was friends with everybody I remember being friends with everybody um I remember I was always the helper. I wanted to be the helper. If the teacher needed somebody to wash the chalkboard, I would raise, I'll do it. You know, I always wanted to be helping. Um, But I was loud and kind of outspoken. I mean, I was probably dancing or singing or like trying to entertain people in a way as well. Um, But I was happy. I was a happy kid and, um, you know, happy to be there, I think. (laughs)
0: I would have. I think I would have loved to go to school with you. I think that would have been so much fun to be in kindergarten together. We would have had a blast. <laughs> um,
1: you? you know what's interesting is my very best friends. I have three best friends who. I mean, they're they're my inner circle, and they have. Been, we have been best friends since kindergarten.
0: Yep, same as me. That's my best friend too. Yep. <laughs> best
1: friends since kindergarten. Yep, it's so strange. Isn't that yep. the greatest thing ever? It's the
0: best. Yeah,
1: yep. it really
0: is. It's super cool. So, well, welcome. Here's our kindergarten club. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, we could pretend we went to kindergarten together and just expand the club. That's right. Anyway, there we um, go. <laughs> so I thank you, Brittany, for for being here with me. Um, I would love for everybody, you know, to go buy Brittany's book. That's that's one thing. It's called Next Chance You. You can get that wherever books are sold. Um, I love to buy books on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. Those seem to be the easiest for me, but it it is available wherever books are sold. And then also, um, Brittany, I love your website. It's BrittanyWagner.com. And I've got links to your website and I'll put better links to your um, books up with this. I think I've got that too, but I'll I'll just make sure all the links are there so people can grab your book. Um, What's next for you? I, I hear there's a movie.
1: There is a TV show, um, TV. a
0: scripted oh, TV show. Yeah. yeah,
1: no, it's a scripted TV show that will be based on the person, my personal and professional life, um, working with college athletes, and then also just my own personal life. Um, that is in the making. and in development currently. Michael Strahan is an executive producer on the project. Courtney Cox mm-hmm. from Friends yep. will be playing Yay. me in the scripted series. Um, And she's also an executive producer. So really exciting stuff. I know it's exciting and scary all at the same time.
0: (laughs) which Perfect. You know, it needs to be that way or you don't grow. You know, that's how you that's that's exactly how you grow. And um, he seems both both Michael and Courtney seem like they're the nicest people. So I think you're you seem like you're in great hands and I can't wait to see what happens next. Ha! Huh, right. Yeah. Thank you.
1: <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. See, absolutely. My next chance.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, Brittany, thank you so much for being here. I I really appreciate thank you. you being here. Fun to chat with you and best of luck Thanks. with everything you've got going on. Yeah. I can't wait to see what, what all happens. So um, everybody again, thank Brittany you. Wagner, um, she's the author of Next Chance You. You can also go to Netflix and watch the docu-series Last Chance you, and uh, both are powerful. And I, I've got Brittany's book here. There's picture. I love the pictures in it, also of of her life and so forth. Um, I I love the story of Brittany here, but I also really love. And we all love the how in things. And this book is one of those books that shows you how. And that to me is so important to to be shown how to do things, how to succeed how to be your best. And so at the end of each chapter is a sharpen up where you get to grab that pen, that, that pencil, that paper, and so forth, and think about things, focus on opportunities. Um, There's one, one of my favorite sections in here is create the opportunity chart. It's on page 71. So if you grab the book and, and I, I, you know what, that was the first thing I turned to in here when I opened this book, I'm like create an opportunity chart. Oh, I love that. So if you don't know what an opportunity (laughs) chart is, Maybe um, Brittany can bless us with a blog on Best Ever You and we'll put links up to your book and stuff like that. And we can talk about maybe an opportunity chart or something if you have time. Yeah. Um, that yeah, would be really great. cool. So, Okay. All right, everybody. Thanks again. Take care, Brittany. Have a beautiful,
1: you. beautiful day. Thanks. Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening. We're so glad you tuned in. Be brave. Be bold. Be you. And remember to visit us at besteveryou.com.